Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. In chapter 14 of his categories, Aristotle is examining motion or change in Greek kinesis, the word that we get kinetic from. And he is going to break it down into six main types of motion. And this will be a little bit foreign, I think, to a modern audience that often thinks of these things in somewhat different ways. Um, And he's just giving you sort of a thumbnail sketch here, not the sort of elaborate treatment that he will say in the metaphysics or in the physics. But here he is interested in distinguishing between the different types in saying how one type is not reducible to the other types, as some people in his own time were already saying, and in clarifying what the opposites of these types of motion would be as well. So let's talk about the the basic types. We have generation in Greek, genesis, right? Destruction, thora in Greek. So genesis or generation is when something is coming into being. It is being brought into existence. Destruction or corruption, sometimes it's translated, is the opposite course. Something is being destroyed or consumed could be another way of thinking about that. So those are two very important types of motion or change. And then we have two other ones that are closely connected with each other. Auxasis, which means increase or growth. Amplification is how it's actually translated in the rhetoric where Aristotle uses the same term. And diminution or shrinkage or however else you want to put it. Meiosis, right? This is another way of changing. And these are, you know connected with each other. They don't just follow each other in sequence here. They're connected with each other logically as well. So once you actually have something that has come into being, then it can increase or decrease. It can be destroyed. Likewise, something that is in the process of destruction might undergo growth at the same time. Think about, you know, when cancer is growing within a person, the cancer is growing, the person is being destroyed. Then we have another one, which in Greek is literally becoming other aloiosis, right? Alos is the Greek term for other or different. And we're translating this alteration, or you might also translate it change in quality, or we might think of these as change in quantity. This is change in quality, going from being red to being green, going from healthy to being sick and vice versa. And then we have what we typically think of when we hear the word motion, which is change in place, katatopon metabole, Katatopon means in relation to place, right? A topos is a place and metabole means means change as well. So we have all six types here and Aristotle wants to say that these are all fundamentally different from each other. We can distinguish these and single them out as real ways in which things do change. He wants to stress as well, as I put here, that alteration is not something reducible to the other five motions. He says, in the case of alteration, somebody might object that a subject when altered is altered by one of the other five motions. So that, for example, going from one color to another or changing health to sickness or goodness to badness or anything like that is really more a matter of changing the arrangement of the parts 
or it's an increase or a decrease, or it's generation of some sort, something new coming into being or something being destroyed. Aristotle says two really interesting things here. The first is he says, look, it's not really the case that alteration can be reduced to these other things. He says, by all, or at least most affections, right, pathe, or alterations are brought about in us that have nothing in common with what those other motions we've mentioned do. He says, that which is thereby affected doesn't have to be increased or diminished or undergo any such process. So it follows from this that alteration is something distinct from those other types of motion. And he says, were it the same with some other object, the object when altered would straight away also be increased or diminished or undergo some other motion, but that is not so of necessity. So because we can, in fact, you know, distinguish changing in color from changing in place or diminution or destruction or whatever, they're not the same thing. They could be, this is the second point, they could be happening at the same time. He goes on to say that there are some things that increase and are not thereby altered. You know, he's got this example of the, the square and then he says there could be some things that do increase at the same time as they're being altered. But that doesn't mean that the increase and the alteration are the same thing or the change in place. I mean, there, there are some interesting questions that we could put there like, well, you know, Aristotle, what if I if I put this book in a dark room? Am I thereby changing its, its color, at least how it appears to me, right? It's no longer just this, you know, nice shade of green, but perhaps a darker shade of green. And Aristotle would say, look, to begin with, you're not actually changing the color of the book. You're just changing the circumstance under which you're seeing it. But let's say that it actually did change the color of the book. You've got two things going on at the same time, alteration and change in place. And we could say the same thing for, for others as well. Now, the other thing that he talks about that's really interesting here is rest. And the Greek word that he's using here is eremia, which can mean rest, you know, in like a, a physical location. And it can also mean, it was the word we get hermit from, being, being alone, right? And he says rest is the contrary of motion. So that has to do with on the high level, right? Rest is the contrary of motion. But that doesn't mean that rest is actually the contrary of every one of these kinds of motion. So what are the contraries of those kinds of motion? He says change in place really can be said to have rest in place for its contrary. So changing in place, staying in the same place, those seem to be contraries. On the other hand, couldn't we say that, for example, I'm going to change in place right now. I'm moving this way. I've gone across your screen. Wouldn't this, going back to where I was, actually be the contrary? Not just staying where I am, but the reverse of it. So Aristotle says, for example, you know, ascent seems to be opposed to descent and descent to ascent. And we can say this about all the other ones as well. Or we might even think about this in terms of like turning. Okay, I'm turning this way. That's a motion. That's change in place. Even though I didn't actually change in place, I did just change the arrangement of my body in relation to the camera. Now, maybe this is the contrary to that. This is one of those cases where something may have more than one contrary, depending on how we are looking at it. When it comes, he says, to these other four, it's pretty easy to tell what the contrary is. 
contrary to generation, is destruction and vice versa. These types of motion are contraries to each other. Same thing with growth and diminution. They are contraries to each other. I think that doesn't even require all that much explanation. What about... The one that we haven't talked about here, alteration. Here Aristotle says, this one's not that easy. We need to think about this. He says, in fact, it appears to have no contrary, or here too it is rest in a certain way, rest in its quality, or change to the contrary quality. Just as we said, change of place had for contrary rest in a place or change to a contrary place. Alteration, he says, look, alteration means change of quality. The becoming other means going from one quality to its opposite. So going or to a different quality. So presumably either staying the same would be the opposite of that the contrary to that, or reversing the process. So going from black to white, right? Maybe staying black is the contrary, or maybe going from white to black is the contrary. If we're thinking about moral terms like Aristotle likes to use, justice and injustice, remaining just would be the contrary to changing from just to unjust, or going from unjust to just could also be its contrary. It depends on how we we want to look at it. You might say, well, this, this is not going to work because now we have two contraries to, to a single thing, but it, it really depends on, on the framework. So he says, so black and white are contraries. Becoming the one will be contrary to becoming the other. There is a change of quality here, which implies alteration and consequence into a contrary quality. We could say the same thing about bitter and sweet or any of the other eight tastes that Aristotle distinguishes. We could talk about all sorts of other qualities that are opposed to each other and the movement from one into the other. So this is a really important chapter. Again, it's a thumbnail sketch. This is not Aristotle's full doctrine on that. For that, you want to go to the physics and the metaphysics, but he does have it in the categories here because he thinks these are things that we want to get at least somewhat clear about. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.